Hey friends and foes, welcome to Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott, and today we're gonna talk about how to get started in oil painting for under $130. Today's podcast is all about how to start when you have just nothing, not a single thing. No brushes, no oil paints. You're like, I want to get into oil paint because maybe you saw someone uh, doing something cool online and you're like, that looks fun. I want to try it. Whether you're an artist in other mediums or you're a complete artistic beginner, this list of items is going to help you get the supplies you need and have a successful start in oil painting without breaking the bank. This list applies to any kind of oil painting. Whether you're wanting to be a portrait artist, you like landscapes, you want to do abstract work like I do, whatever you like, at the end of the day, this list is going to help you out. At the end of the list, I'm also going to have a couple of recommendations for specific kinds of art to do with oil painting. Just a couple extra tools that if you have the money for it, you should get them because they'll, they'll help you out and let you be even more successful. We love it. We love it. But before we get into the list, uh, a little pro tip is that if you happen to be a student of any kind, not just at a university, but say you're a high school student or you're taking art classes from a private teacher or a, an art academy or something, and you go to an art supply store, almost always, if you say that you're a student, you'll get a 10% discount at that art store. So just keep that in mind. That's very helpful. Don't be shy. If you're like, Stephanie, this sounds really great. I can't wait to get it on my notebook and take notes. The good news is I've got a list for you in the show notes What has all the items. But what I want to talk about today is really in depth of why you're going to get certain items, what they're good for, things to avoid, and things that will ultimately help you learn faster. Also on this list, I'll have a version of it on my website where it'll have links to Blick, which is my favorite art supply store, but also to Amazon if you're more comfortable using that, or perhaps they will send your send your items farther across the planet. Who knows? Who knows? Some of the links on my website will be affiliate links and some of them are not. They're just there for your convenience. And if you happen to purchase something from my website using one of those links, I get like a couple cents. So, you know, every little bit helps. <laughs> the first item on your list of being an oil painter is, of course, the colors. Oil colors are going to be the biggest expense in your in your bucket of items here for your for your new trade as an oil painter. There are many different kinds of oil paints, but there's two major categories. There's artist and professional grade paints, and there's student grade paints. I don't actually recommend getting student grade oil paints unless they're from Gamblin, and here's why. When you transition from student grade paints to professional grade paints and say like a year or so of painting, the difference between them is quite big. At first, when you pour like say a cadmium red onto your palette, that is, one is like a student grade and one is a professional grade. They're going to look identical. But the minute you start mixing in any sort of color, white, a black, a brown, whatever, they're going to behave much differently. And you'll have to relearn what those colors are like later on. It's better just to get a more professional paint grade. However, Gamblin's 1980 set, which is their student grade line, is very, very good quality. It does save you money, probably about $50 for the set in comparison to buying each of these colors in their professional version. There's a set that I really like that I think is a great start. It's a set of eight colors plus a mixing gel from Gamblin that has eight different colors, including black and white, that will give you a good grounding for what you need. Gamblin's 1980 student grade colors, they really hold up to the work. And for what they are, they're pretty inexpensive. 
The main difference in student grade and professional grade paints is that the amount of pigment that's in the color is much different. In a student grade paint, there's usually a lot more oil, and so you're gonna have a thinner color that's more translucent, but also doesn't pack as much punch. When you're going to buy new colors, and you're like, I have no oil colors at all, these are my recommendations. Some of these can be found in the set that I'm linking in the show notes here, but some you're gonna have to get also separately because they're not part of this pack. I recommend that you get a cadmium yellow, a yellow ochre, a burnt umber, cadmium red, alizarin crimson, quinacridone magenta, ultramarine blue, phthalo blue or green, sap green, ivory black, and titanium white. That is 11 colors that will get you through so many varieties of painting. You're gonna get your earth tones. You're gonna get some poppy colors with that quinacridone magenta. You're gonna get your earthy greens that are interesting. You're gonna have a lot of variation. With this set, you're gonna have two of each of the major primary colors. You're gonna have two yellows, two reds, two blues, two greens, a black and a white. It's quite, quite handy. Now I'm gonna give you some prices for these things right now. Uh, at the time of recording, it's November of 2022. The prices change a lot on these. They change by the day. They change depending on the season. It's almost Black Friday right now, which means some things are going to be start being on sale. Some things are going to be more expensive. You you need to keep an eye out if you're wanting to save as much money as possible. Look for sales. Get get a little notification on Google to help you out, and just just be savvy with your money. Uh, right now on Blick, you can get that introductory set of colors for $35.40. And on Amazon, the same product is $44.57. It's a $10 difference right now. Sometimes the list prices are even up to $75 for these both of these things. You, you just, you really gotta look around. For the three colors that you have to get that are outside of this first set, those are Quinacrono Magenta, Sap Green, Ember Umber. I highly recommend getting these. I know it's kind of hard to find. It's not as easy as getting a set, but you should get those. They all average around 7 to $9 per tube, and um, that's very inexpensive. When you're trying to upgrade your paints, and maybe I'll do a whole episode on this later on how I upgrade my, like how to move from a beginner artist to an intermediate artist and what, what you should be looking for for tools there. Some of these colors can be 25 for the same amount of paint, which is a usually a 37 milliliter tube. It's, it can get pricey. So a $7 to $9 tube of paint is like a fantastic price. We love to see it. Okay, the second thing you're gonna get now that you have your color is linseed oil. Linseed oil is a medium used in oil paint to thin the paint, to slow the drying time. And it's also mixed into some of the colors that you're gonna use in your paints. Um, if you look at a tube of oil paint, especially the 1980 brand, you flip it around, you'll see the pigment numbers and you'll see what the medium is. Sometimes it's safflower oil, sometimes it's sunflower oil, sometimes it's linseed oil. There's many different kinds of carrier oils. They're all vegetable oils and non-toxic. They're great. As a beginner, I recommend getting a very small 75 milliliter bottle of linseed oil. You can get this from any kind of brand. I like Gamblin, but Winston & Newton is also a good brand. It's such a common medium for paint that you can pour a little bit onto your palette and thin out your paints. I don't recommend you go over a ratio of 70% paint to 30% added linseed oil because the, the pigments will really start to break apart and 
it'll be almost too thin. Having that combination is good for having glazes, for doing some wet on wet techniques. It's pretty great. A very small bottle of this, about four ounces, 75 milliliters, will cost you approximately $7.50 from Blick or Amazon. Again, they go on sale, check the prices. Okay, so now that you have your color and you have your medium, you can mix things and let the, the colors be thinned out. Uh, the next thing is you're gonna need somewhere to wipe off your brush. You're gonna need some rags or you're gonna need some paper towels. I am not a fan of having paper towels in my studio. They're a lot of waste, um, but they are easy to get. My preferred use is to use rags and I will cut up an old sheet. I will use t-shirts that I've like turned to scrap because I've worn them too much. You're gonna use them for cleanup, cleaning up your palette, cleaning up your brushes. They're great to have. On rags and oil paints, some oil paints can be combustible. You wanna make sure you're throwing these outside every day, like into your trash, and don't let them stack in your studio. All the materials on this list are non-toxic, but it's better to be safe for combustibility and, you know, fire safety. It's good. I have a firebox in my studio. This is not necessary for a beginner to have. I just have it because I'm painting all the time and I wanna really ensure that I'm not putting stacks and stacks of oil paint out into my studio to, you know, catch fire. We don't need that. All right, so we got rags, we got linseed oil, we got colors. Now we need something to clean our brushes with. Soap for the brushes is tricky. Oil paint is oil-based, obviously, and needs a particular kind of soap to break down the color, break down the pigment that's in your brush, and sometimes, you know, in your clothes if you accidentally get it on yourself. My favorite, favorite brush cleaner is called the Master's Brush Cleaner and Preserver. It comes in these little pans, about four ounces, maybe even less, and they're, you can just clean every kind of brush that you have. Acrylics, great. Oil paints, great. Watercolors, perfect. They're conditioning, they will help you set the, the brushes back into their original store-bought position so they don't get all sprayed and frayed out, right? And it gets all the pigment out, it makes your brushes look like new. Before I was using this, I was using Dawn Soap as my oil brush cleaner and it does a job, but not very well. Like, it doesn't get all the pigment out, it's, not, it's just not as good. One little tin of these things, it might cost you about $7 and they will last you for maybe a half year of painting, maybe longer, depending on the size you get. I, I'm a professional artist. I have a giant tub of the soap and I buy about one tub every two years. It's great. After you've washed your brush, um, the general directions is to squeeze out all the water with one of your rags, reshape the bristle, and then dry laying flat or hanging from the end of the brush. Not the bristles, but the wooden end. Speaking of brushes, you need to get some brushes that are for oil paint. It's important that you don't mix your oil painting brushes with another medium. They won't, they won't, they'll, they'll kind of fight because, you know, oil and water don't really mix very well and most other paints are water-based. For the brushes I'm gonna recommend, I recommend you getting long-handled painting brushes. Most watercolor brushes are short-handled, get, get long-handled ones. It's a better balance when you hold them. It lets you get further away from the canvas, which lets you make better paintings. Win-win. Blick has a great set of four that'll get you started. You'll save some money with the set in a mixture of shapes. We like to have a mixture of shapes because it keeps you interested. It keeps you making new brush strokes. It keeps you learning and it doesn't let you get stuck. If you ever notice when you're painting as a beginner that you're using only the same brush the whole time and you never tried any of your other brushes, force yourself to use the other kinds, especially the bigger brushes. If you are going out to the art store and you're trying to pick out your own brushes, um, I recommend getting a flat, 
number six, a bright number four, a bright number 12, and a round number six. I would also recommend getting a bigger, um, flatter brush that's about an inch wide, an inch or two inches wide, that will help you lay down bigger brush strokes, cover more paper faster. It's, it's good things. If you have a little bit more money to spend, Princeton makes my favorite brushes and I have them linked in my show notes. That can be $34 for a set of four. I have listed here a set of four brushes, actually a set of five brushes for $11.83, usually $12.98. That's from Amazon. Blick also has a set of synthetic brushes. It's four for $20, a little bit more expensive, but they'll also last a little bit longer. When you're a beginner, I don't want you to be too precious about your brushes. So I'm gonna actually say avoid buying what feels like expensive brushes, buy the cheaper ones and get messy. Okay, so you have brushes, you got color, you got all of these things. Now what do you paint on? You need something to paint on. For beginners, when you're just starting, you're gonna go through a lot of bad paintings. You're gonna make just bad painting after bad painting. So we're not gonna get too expensive with the canvas that you're gonna paint on. Having a stretch canvas is fun, but canvas paper lets you work through your, your, your training as an artist a lot faster. I recommend getting some canvas paper. Strathmore, which is a common brand, they do sketchbooks also, has a stack of 10 sheets of canvas paper. They're nine by 12 inches and they are great quality. They have a nice textured finish and they feel like canvas because they are canvas. You can get this for about $8.50, more or less depending on where you buy it or the day of the week, it seems like. And uh, those are great. If you're like, okay, that's fun, uh, but I'm running out of paper sheets. Try some buying some stretch canvas. Try buying more paper sheets. Try buying bigger pieces of paper. Try buying rolls of canvas. You're gonna go through a lot of canvas. Canvas is like the razor blades of shaving kits, right? It's like you buy the brushes and that has the initial expense, but the real cost comes from the canvas you buy later on. (laughs) It's just because you're going to go through so much of it, and that's perfect. But 10 sheets should be good enough for you to start. Okay, so the next thing you need is going to be a palette knife. You're probably going to think, Stephanie, I don't need a palette knife. I can just mix paint with my brush. But a palette knife serves a really good purpose. One, it lets you mix the paint more cleanly. And then two, it lets you create interesting marks. So you can use the palette knife, which is a wood handle with a stainless steel top, which lets you mix paint cleanly. It lets you make interesting marks. You can paint with the palette knife. I like to get two of these. What you're gonna do is mix with both of them and you'll be able to, you'll learn a cleaning technique where you can scrape the paint off of one palette knife with the other, keep your hands clean and not ruin your brushes by mixing paint with the brush. Of course, you can mix a little bit of paint with the brush, but you don't wanna be mixing big colors with it, you know? When you mix with a palette knife, you're gonna get cleaner, more even color. Every artist I know when they start out thinks that having really streaky piles of color is interesting and it's just a telltale sign of a beginner. You want to thoroughly mix your paint and having palette knives will help you do it. Try to get two different shapes. I like a trowel shape that has either a pointed or rounded tip um, with a big base on the end but you can do whatever you like, try different kinds. There's diamond shapes, there's small ones, there's long ones. It's it's a fun time. In general, palette knives are about $4 each, but luckily for you, I found a set of five of them on Amazon for a lot less. Blick also sells their own brand of palette knives. You can find them wherever. As a rule for oil paint, I try to find the stiffest palette knife possible. I want the stainless steel to barely bend. 
Um, some of them will be super bendy, and that means it's cheaper, and it will probably break. And that's not fun when you're in mid-painting. Okay, so now you need something to mix your paint on, because you just bought yourself some palette knives. A palette is a really personal thing. When you imagine a palette, you're thinking of like the big wood ones that the old masters used to use with a thumb hole and the weird like bean shape. I don't love those. Try instead getting a paper palette. As a beginner, you're gonna be mixing a lot of color. By having a paper palette, it will teach you to mix the paint with a light hand so you're not like ripping into the palette, you know? Um, it's gonna give you a decent color to paint on. The one I've picked out for you is gray, so it's gonna help you have better color correction when you're looking at colors versus having like a white palette and then maybe you're painting on like a brown canvas or something, you know? If you feel like you don't have enough money for a paper palette, you can also mix on layers of wax paper just from your kitchen, but it doesn't hold up very well. It's kind of weak. There are a lot of more permanent palettes out there. I personally mix on a glass palette um, and a cheap glass palette can be a big picture frame <laughs> just with nothing in it. Uh, I also have a lighter palette which is made of a acrylic sheet and I have taped a piece of foam core onto the backside to keep it nice and light and I take this out into the field with me whenever I do plein air painting. Um, that means painting outside. Avoid using a wood palette as a beginner. It can get a little frustrating. When you first use a wood palette, you have to season it. And that means you have to do layers of oil and layers of medium to get itself and build up a nice like glossy sheen so it's easy to scrape off. But if you don't do that and you just pour say like your cadmium yellow right onto the wood palette, the wood will like soak it up and the paint will never come out. So it takes some preparation and there aren't any really good resources out there that'll just automatically be like, how to do this for beginners? like. I haven't found one. I've been looking for one, at least I did like five years ago when I was a beginner. <laughs> so avoid that. Either go for a plastic one, a glass one, or these paper ones, which are the least expensive I've found. Okay, so this next item is optional, but I would recommend it. This is called Gamsol, and Gamsol is an odorless mineral spirit that will help you clean your brushes, clean your palette, and give your oil paint a nice thin texture. If you're like, the linseed oil is great, but it's not quite giving the texture I want, you can add a couple of drops, and I mean like two or three drops to your pile of color that you're mixing, and it'll thin out the color without ruining the adhesiveness, and you can have a nice glaze over it, over your painting with it. I also love using Gamsol for cleaning. I'll pour a little bit into a tiny dish. I will take my brush and kind of whisk it around into the Gamsol. I'll work it through the bristles, bristles. <laughs> I'll work it through the bristle sprouts. <laughs> oh my gosh. I will work the gamsol into the bristles that's loaded with paint and then I'll squeeze it out as much as I can onto my cloth and then I will use soap, my master's soap, and some water to finish cleaning the brush. It's, it's very nice if you ever forget to clean a brush one night and you're like, oh snap, I don't know what to do. My, my brush is like hard with oil paint. If you put some gamsol on it, it will break down the paint and you'll have a really happy time. The only like small dangers with Gamsol is that you need to keep it sealed shut and you know stored in a cool dry place. It is combustible, but only if it's like opened, <laughs> like, like the cap is off. So don't swallow it, keep it in a safe place. If you have kids in your studio space, and when I say studio space, I mean like wherever you're making art, then keep it away from them. Um, but otherwise it's easy to use and it doesn't smell bad, which 
is a win because most mineral spirits smell terrible. So this stuff is good. I actually went to a school once where they only allowed Gamsol as the uh, mineral spirit of choice because of how safe it is. So that's nice. The last thing you truly need for your beginning into oil painting is practice time. And I know you're rolling your eyes and you're thinking about changing the station here, but practice is so important and that's how you're gonna get better and how you're gonna feel really satisfied about what you're making. I feel like you should plan a couple of hours each week into your calendar just for painting. You make yourself some color wheels, copy other people's work. They don't, they don't mind if you copy, it's just practice, right? Doodle, let your imagination go crazy, really get to know your materials and like get, get into it. For all the basics I just talked about, all these basic tools, my total cost for getting started in oil painting from Blick.com was $130.09. That's for all the gambling color paints, the knives, the palette paper, the brushes, canvas, Gamsol, linseed oil, and the brush soap. Most of these things you won't need to buy again for well over a year. After this initial startup, you'll probably spend more money on canvas than anything else, but that's probably it. My Next tip for beginner painters is as you begin to run out of colors, let's say you go through your phthalo blue really quick. Instead of buying another 1980 phthalo blue, get yourself a professional grade color of the phthalo blue and just begin to transition yourself out of the student grade colors into a more professional one. Because if you're using that much paint, you are, you are in it. You're in it to win it. If for some reason you need to keep your spending to under $100, I have a couple things you can eliminate from this list. You can eliminate getting sap green, phthalo blue, linseed oil, and one of the palette knives, and perhaps one of the brushes as well. Removing all those items from my cart got it down to $97.78 on Blick.com. Without the sap green, you're going to have to mix your own greens. You're going to lose out on some really cool blues, but you already have another blue to get you started. The linseed oil's ability to thin out paint can be replaced with the Gamsol, but you'll have to use a different ratio, so play around with it. One palette knife is doable, but it's just simply easier to work with when you have two. And removing a brush removes the shape you can make easily. All of this is workable though, and you'll still have a great start in oil painting. However, I highly recommend you spend that extra $30 and get the full kit. Okay, so now you're like, Stephanie, I'm so ready to go. I wanna go buy all the things at the art store. I have a couple of extra things that I would recommend if you are any of these other kinds of artists, more niche down. So. If you were a portrait and landscape artist, at least you want to be, I would recommend getting some really great drawing pencils. Tom Mono makes a set of, gosh, a dozen, yeah, a dozen drawing pencils here that range from 2H to 6H, and maybe even beyond. It comes with, a, with an eraser and a little pencil sharpener. They're, they're quite good, but what you want to focus on is the 2H to 6H pencils. This is a measurement of hardness in the graphite. 2H to 6H is really good for drawing underneath paintings. The harder the graphite, which is the H, the lighter the pencil line you can get, and the less likely that it will bleed into your oil paint. These can be one to three dollars per pencil, or you can get a set like the one I just mentioned. It's nice to have a range of them. They're good for drawing practice outside of painting practice too. Okay, if you are a landscape painter, you're also gonna get drawing pencils, but you're also gonna get a stick. And this you can just find outside. So basically you're making what's called a plumb line. A plumb line, which I've used as kebab sticks in the past, are something to help you take measurements of what is way out in front of you. 
Basically to use this, you're gonna hold the stick out with a fully outstretched arm vertically, and then you can use your hand to measure out the distance between say one tree and another, or the mountain range in the sky, or buildings in the distance, or where the pond is in relationship to a boulder over there. Look up Plum Line Tutorials, that's P-L-U-M Line Tutorials on YouTube for visual references. If you're a, wanting to be a plain air painter, meaning you wanna paint outside, but you also wanna do oils, this is more of a complicated setup, but you can do it. It's also almost double the cost, so just be prepared for that. Basically, you're gonna need a wooden box easel. Um, these are also called French easels or field easels. I found one on Amazon for $80. Um, it's good for traveling. Basically, you put all your paints into the box and you can wear it like a backpack. It folds out into a really cool easel. It has all these compartments and stuff. It's quite fun. I have a full box easel, which is double the size of it, but I, I just like it better. Uh, but that one was $130. They go up way up in prices depending on if they are made of nicer wood or if they're made of other materials. There's also these interesting tripod attachment style easels. They are, what are they called? They're called Gorilla Painter Pocket Boxes. They can be pretty small, like all the way down to five by seven inches. And basically they hold up your little canvas and they have a little area for your paint. And so you, you get out your canvas and you put it on the little box, you attach it to a tripod and voila, you have this little standing easel. It's very fun. Um, there is this website, that I will link also underneath the plain air section with a couple different options for you. Should I do an episode on my plain air setup? Because it's extensive <laughs> and I've learned a lot since doing it. Maybe, maybe in the future, maybe in the summertime. Okay, so my second thing for anyone who paints things that are even kind of at a distance, still lives, portraits, landscapes, is to get a viewfinder. These are a little handy tools. They are usually gray and they have like a interior window and the exterior gray space and you can has a little slider to so you can change the shape of your view that you're making you can make yourself a little square or a rectangle these are super handy they can help you set up your composition very easily because you're looking through a frame so to speak the one i have is eight dollars and i like it because the frame is adjustable but you can also make your own. Basically, you're gonna get yourself some cardboard and you're gonna make two L's that are exactly the same with each side of the L being about 12 inches. And then you can just hold them together, kind of little like a little camera shot <laughs> and you can make your own little frame. Um, but it's easier to have this little pocket one because then you can't break it as bad. I am an abstract painter and I like making abstract art and making shapes. So if you are wanting to be an abstract artist, I can't live without a ruler and a compass. I have both of these from the hardware store. They were about $15 total. I have a 24 inch ruler and I also have a 36 inch ruler because I make really big paintings. They're great for making precise circles with pencils. They're great for making hard edges. Would recommend if you're an abstract artist to give yourself a little space to work with geometry. My last category is still lives. If you're a still life artist or you want to be a still life artist, Having a good spotlight will make for better still life setups. I recommend getting like a clamp light from the hardware store plus a daylight bulb. The free version of this is just having a setup next to a window. And then secondly, getting a foam core slash cardboard backdrop. That way you can clip on drapery, colored paper, like, like construction paper, and other kind of backgrounds. So that's very handy for the still life artist. 
I've made one for about a dollar using foam core and some tape a few years back, and it's still working great for me. Having set up like this also helps you delineate what space you're painting in. Um, kind of like what the viewfinder does. It's just like, mm, gives you something really good to look at. Win-win. I hope these art supplies are helpful and that you're like, oh, okay, I understand why we're getting these things. Not just like, here's your list, go get it. And then you're like, I don't know what I'm using this stick for. That's confusing. If you're starting in a class or you're starting on your own, your teacher will probably have a list of things to get for you. Um, listed out and it might be similar, it might be different. There's no wrong answers. And if there's something that you use and you're a beginner and you're listening to this and I didn't list it, will you tell me what it is in the comments? Because I am very curious what it is you're using to learn nowadays. As a reminder, this whole list is on my website. The link will be in the show notes and it has every single thing you need to get started as an oil painter with links on where to find it. I hope this is helpful and uh, good luck painting. I believe in you and I want to see your first paintings. Will you tag me on social media if you make a first painting after listening to this episode? I am at stephaniescott.art or the podcast is at brushwickpod. I hope to see you soon and uh, peace out, Girl Scouts. Goodbye.